welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Yuri. I'm doing excellent. I'm happy to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me because I know it's uh, earlier in the morning for you. And late evening for you. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) So, Marina, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a professional photographer Originally from Russia, but I live in China, in Beijing. I'm based here for almost eight years already. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. And when I was in Russia, I liked doing modeling. And when I moved to China, I fell in love with photography here. And mm-hmm. then I switched completely to a full-time and then built it as a business. And during my stay in here, I traveled a lot over China. Then... I had my online photography school, which let me travel all around the world and live in many different countries. Mm -hmm. That was exciting. But then I closed it and came back to China. And here I am doing photography, doing the podcast, marketing for creatives. And now I have the conversation with you. (laughs) Well, wonderful. Wonderful. That's a that's a, that's a lot, and uh, it sounds like you've had a very interesting journey the last few years. So let's backtrack up a, a little bit. What what did you originally go to school for? Mm, school or the university? A university. I apologize. Well, I got two degrees. One mm-hmm. is the financial management, and another one is the engineering computer science. Mm-hmm. So what? What was it about uh, computer science and finance that made you interested enough to study them? Wow. When I was in school, I was like in my city, we have big, uh, two big plans. And, you know, like sometimes you read books, sometimes you watch a movie. And I thought, like, I want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I just want to manage people because for me, it's like, are you going to be a boss? And I didn't know like what kind of managers are there and whatever. And I always liked technical things. So I thought, hmm, maybe I should study computer science because I'm good in math. Mm-hmm. And I applied for both of them, but I did not pass the test for computer science. There was too many people for the uh, the budget course. Okay. So, but I was lucky to get like free education and management. And actually, that's funny. Like uh, for six years when I was studying that, I was like, I'm a manager. I'm a manager. <laughs> and when I finished, people ask me, what manager are you? Yeah. I'm like, a manager of the organization. Hmm? What organization? I'm like, I didn't know. This is what like they told me. And only a couple of years, I saw the translation of my diploma in English. Mm-hmm. And it says financial manager. I'm like, oh, Actually, I'm a financial manager. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good, good. So, okay, so after you you graduated and and you started working on this, what did you, what were you doing in Russia that then made you want to move to China? Mm, Well, I was getting my two degrees and uh, my, in my, uh, fifth year in the university, I mm-hmm. went to US for a work and travel program and I loved it so much. Like, you know, see another country. It was like very exciting. And actually before I left, it was a, like a miracle how I got there because I didn't have a passport. I got it the last moment and I got a visa there like three days before my flight. Mm-hmm. And because I booked the flight, but I didn't know if I'm going to get a visa. Mm. 
And at that time, I work in the daytime, studying evening and weekends, like 24 hours almost. And because I did not know if I get a visa and I fly to U.S. or not, I like I need to do something with my job. And I was sitting with my mom and I'm like, what should I do, mom? What should I do with my job? And she's like, why do you have it? And I was sitting and thinking there, hmm, because everyone has a job. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any other reasons. I'm like, well, I could get another job potentially, but it's there's nothing more besides of just having this job. So she's like, oh, then quit. Like, really? Yeah. Okay. And I quit. And I came next day to my work and I gave them the paper that I'm going to quit. And everyone was shocked. Like, Marina, what's going on? I'm like, I'm going to yes. Maybe. Maybe not. But I'm going to quit. Yeah. And everyone's shocked. And I left my job. I went to US and then I came back. And that was 2008, the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get a new job. And that was a challenging moment because you need to work anyway. And I paid for my education for the second one. Mm-hmm. And that time I was like, hmm. Because I was studying the computer science and I like design things and all of this stuff, I turned to the uh, freelance career. I was freelance web designer for almost five years, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that time I started reaching different people. I started to do design, some coding, and then I just I was happy. I earned three, four times more than other people mm-hmm. or which I got before I could stay home sleep a little longer have some fun <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's just like it was boring for me mm-hmm. like I like it I like design creativity it was interesting to talk to people but I thought like I, I want more people I want more conversation I've done this a little bit when I was studying and uh, when I went to US, but doing it full time. And my hometown is quite small. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I, I, I want something different. I want to see new countries, new world. And there was a moment after we finished university, uh, a friend of mine went to China. He got a scholarship here and he was like, come to visit me. I'm like, Okay, I will come. <laughs> he said, come to visit. And I'm like, that was a joke from my side. And he left. And in a few months there, he was like, so are you coming to China? I'm like, are you serious? I will come. He's like, yeah, come. And well, he was studying there. But I I just look for how can I get visa to China. And in two weeks, I was there. I got a visa, I booked mm-hmm. my flight, and I was there. I rented the, the place here, mm-hmm. and this is how my Chinese journey began. Hmm. Well, very exciting. So, okay, so you were in China, you started your journey. What? So what did you do in, in China when you first arrived there? Were you trying to, you know, to continue your... your um, freelance work or were you trying to try something else and and go in a different direction well number one thing which i tried to do when i just arrived to china is to try to find a normal food (laughs) because i tried to survive here i rented a place in the chinese area Uh and everything was in chinese and sometimes you go to the restaurant and there's a menu in chinese Mm -hmm. and even if you pick something, they can bring you something that you just, it's impossible to eat. You don't know what is that yeah. or it's super spicy. Uh, yeah. But that first month I traveled in China in different places. I lived okay. here for a little bit. I went to the south to some cities, just explore. Mm-hmm. And I still done web design. Mm-hmm. And then in a month I came back home. I got to China because I basically didn't have much to do in Russia okay. and I could do my work anywhere. So I went to China and then I came back home and I feel like, oh, now I even more have nothing to do. 
I want to go back. It's so much fun there. Mm-hmm. So then I learned Chinese three months by myself. That was very difficult because uh, I pay for the trips, I pay for the education, mm-hmm. and I apply for the university, but I did not want to pay for the basic course, like the tones and everything. I think it's so boring. You almost don't even learn how to write the characters. So yeah. I wanted to get to the second course already. And I did it. And when I came back to China, or came back to Russia after my first trip, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, if I will be able to speak Chinese in half of the year, I can do anything. And I did not know what challenge I, you know, gave myself. <laughs> so I went back to China and studied in the new university. I've done my web design work, but I was almost crying there in the beginning. It was so difficult. Mm-hmm. But in in seven months, like three myself, four in the university, I could finally speak. And for all of those eight years, mm-hmm. that was the only time when I learned Chinese. And my Chinese is conversational now. But I put a lot of effort there. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. And then I in Russia I love to do modeling and that was my hobby. And in China I've done more. But then as I said, I I just love photography. Mm-hmm. And so, because I was in front of the camera. Yeah. Wait, so I let, switched to behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's back up one second. So what type of modeling were you doing? And then when when did photography come into play? Mm. What type of modeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, where I, it? I, I think for, almost where, everything. <laughs> yeah, like was it like a, a, for for runways? Were you doing fashion shoots? A little it, bit of runways and fashion shoots, um, so, um, just magazines. on the on the events. Okay. Uh, not magazines, not no. magazines, commercials, commercials like the events. acting. Yeah. How did you get booked? For these, did you have an agent? Were you doing yeah. them independently? How did you get your agent? Oh, that's a difficult question. <laughs> it's so tricky, I don't remember. <laughs> in Russia, there are just few of them in my city. So yeah. you just know. Here? I yeah. don't remember. It just talk. <laughs> you see, so you just happen to, let's say, we'll say stumble into, into having an agent. And that agent then... Do they act on your behalf and kind of book your so modeling you just have, for you? You just get to know some people who yeah. act like it's not like an agency, but okay. just like an individual agent. And then they, when they have a job, they just let you know and you, you do or not. Yeah. See. Oh, good. Okay. So, so you move back to China. You're doing a little bit of modeling. So mm-hmm. when was it then? So how did you get? your start in photography and what was it about photography that really drew you in? So in photography, there is a term time for print or a TFP photo shoot. And this is when photographer model or maybe some more people get together and do a free shoot and everyone get photos. Because I was doing modeling, I needed some new pictures and I had one day photo shoot with one of the photographers here. And like from early morning till evening, we shot about maybe 700 photos that day. Mm-hmm. He has a studio, fancy light, the latest camera at that time. And in a few weeks, he gave me back the photos. He attached a few of them and he showed me all of them. And I see, I, I saw the pictures mm-hmm. and like from those seven plus, 700 plus photos, only about 10 I really like liked. They were no bad. Mm-hmm. And from those, I used only two. It's like from 700 to pictures. Yeah. And you look at the, the photos and I feel like if he would choose different angle, or if who would pose me differently. Just like, oh, give me a little bit direction. Mm-hmm. The picture could be nice and interesting, but he didn't. And all of this fancy equipment, the studio and everything he had, yeah, it didn't work because you don't have the shot which the person like. And there is another thing when 
which uh, guys like to do. They like they pose you in a little bit too sexy ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need those pictures. <laughs> I wasn't in in underwear, but it was still a little bit more than I usually do. Sure. Because when you do time for print or you like do the photo shoot for modeling, mm-hmm. you try to get the pictures which will help you to get a job. Mm-hmm. So you shoot how you would do, like to, you know, present yourself, what work you want to get. Right. And I didn't want that work which he tried to show in the pictures. And I'm like, hmm, you know what? I can do it better. <laughs> I can do it much, much better. Mm-hmm. So since that time, I started learning uh, photography. I took workshops online, the courses. I assist different photographers. And that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And because I had already experience in modeling. And like on the stage, I saw the lighting before, right? I saw how people work on this. It was much easier for me to get into that. Yeah. Well, good. Okay. So, okay. So then, so that's what you started getting in photography. How did you improve your craft? Were you working with other photographers? Did you take classes or what were you doing? I took some workshops, mostly online, because I believe that if you want to learn something, learn from the best. Mm -hmm. I look for the people who work I like and how they teach. And that time I watched a lot of classes from Creative Lives. Then uh, I also assisted some photographers to see how they work. Mm -hmm. And, well, I also, they they taught me a little bit. Then, well, that time I shoot, 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 and you you just practice that. Practice what you learn. Otherwise, you fill your brain with information, but if you don't do anything, just useless. Yeah. And I was quite good in that. And in in a few years, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, I got a chance to be on Creative Live, in the live audience. They had a workshop in Las Vegas, so Mm -hmm. I was there for three days. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing experience. I met very interesting people. That was interesting to be in, in that audience, not only watch the courses, but you can talk to the instructors and they can give you some tips which you which you cannot ask when you watch something online. Yeah. And you, then just work. Yeah. So do you remember at that time at Creative Live some of the instructors that influenced you the most or helped you the most? Well, I always like this Ubrice work. This is one of the uh, of the style which I implemented in my work because I showed fashion style portraits. Mm-hmm. And she should uh, photograph glamour style. Mm-hmm. And because I was in the fashion, uh, in the like girls doing modeling, it, it's easier for me to post people. So when I tell about my work and I show them these fashion style portraits, uh, they, I explain that you will look like in a magazine. Mm. But you can be the ordinary woman, whatever imperfections you have and you know, we women like to hide everything. Oh, there's a little fat. There's, uh, I don't know, I have big eyes or one big, one small or something else. And like, no worry about this. Mm-hmm. You will look like in a magazine. I'll take care of everything. So that was a big influence. And also that time there was the, the course was, I think, woman portraiture, mm-hmm. something like this. And there were four instructors, uh, Sue Bryce, uh, Lowe Freeman, Lara Jade, and uh, what was the name? Emily Soto. So four photographers. Oh, and there was Felix, Felix Kunz, I think. I forgot his name, too. <laughs> I'm bad with names. I'm good with, uh, I'm good with faces. Sure. And I talked to everyone a little bit. And it is very, very, you know, inspiring. Mm-hmm. And from everyone, I got a little tip. And for example, Felix, uh, I asked him, like, how would you recommend to shoot outside uh, with uh, just 
with a light. Oh, just get a stand and use your flash. I'm like, really? So simple? How does that work? Oh, you see, this is like this, this is like that, and you just put it and here's your lighting. I'm like, wow. And I use this one light for a lot of shoot. I got publication in the magazine with the, with this setup and I could carry it from like, from China to US, for example. It's so easy. So he's like, he helped me to build my style, to build my mini studio. And yeah, yeah. And there were other other tips. Yeah. So, so when you first started off, and I know that you have had um, your work published in numerous magazines. How did you get your first photograph published in the first magazine? We've done some uh, test shots. Mm-hmm. I love creative projects. So if I have the idea, I want to realize this. And it's good if you have team so crazy people like you who will be open for new stuff. So I'm like, I want to photograph this. I want to photograph that. Let's do this. Okay, let's do it. And we get together and we do the photo shoot uh, the same way I got models. I got hair makeup, hairstylist, makeup artist. And I often style my models Mm -hmm. and then I just send pictures to the magazines and when I started like I wouldn't be published in a magazine that's Mm -hmm. so cool and I look for how people submit photos what uh, how they should and I that time I understood what it is to shoot as a series Mm -hmm. and every shoot should be a little different even if you have the same model, you need to style her different or use different environment. But it's they still need to look like the uh, one series of shots. And I applied to different magazines till one of them said, yeah, we'll publish it. Mm-hmm. But I got some... It's not even the rejection. You apply and they don't reply you. Sure. And then you apply again and they don't reply you. Very seldom someone reply. There's a time when I submitted my photos for online magazine. Mm-hmm. It's Dark Beauty magazine. And there was a guy, he replied me. Oh, you know, actually, that it's not really good fit for a magazine. And I'm like, hmm, let me ask him why. Probably he will not reply. And I ask mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me a long, long email. I was like, wow, he put an effort (laughs) to explain me. Yeah. And we put a lot of effort into the photo shoot. Mm -hmm. But when he wrote this, I'm like, yeah, this is right. This is right. Even if it looked like a series, but some of the shoots were a little bit like different style, different retouching and just like small details. Mm -hmm. And this feedback helped me to improve my next work. And it's so interesting. This year, in the beginning of this year, I reached out this guy, and he's the editor and the founder of Dark Beauty magazine. And I'm like, remember, many years ago, you gave me a long, long feedback. Now I want to interview you. Yeah. Tell me, how do you, like, what's your feedback? How people can apply for the magazine and get accepted there? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Oh, that's that's clever. Nice work. So you've also had a number of uh, exhibitions in both Beijing and the States. Mm-hmm. How did you get your first exhibition and what was that process like? The first one, we collaborated again. I'm a big fan of the collaboration with different people mm-hmm. because I believe in the I believe in a team, which means together each achieves more. And that time... We had a group of photographers in Beijing, and we wanted to organize the exhibition. So we um, we got in touch with one of the hotels here and suggested them the topic that we will shoot the series of photos about Beijing around that area. And this is like five-star hotel, but more, you know, Chinese style, more like traditional. Mm-hmm. 
And we went out for one day, photographed the pictures, and then everyone selected the best photo of the photo shoot. And then we printed them. And because we talked already with the hotel and they let us to have our photos over there. And here we are. We got the exhibition. Yeah. We got the opening. All of our friends came. It was a very, very exciting moment. You know, for many of us, that was the first experience of the exhibition. And to see your photo on the big canvas, it just, wow. <laughs> looks so good. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Okay, so, so you've done a few exhibitions since then. And then you... Your next phase has been starting this podcast called the Marketing for Creative Show. What made you want to start a podcast and why marketing? Uh, well, I was one of my degrees in engineer in computer science. I was with websites half of my life. Mm -hmm. I was doing websites before. And I'm a, I'm a creative person. So... I told you that I had my photography school, online photography school, but that was for Russian-speaking people. Mm -hmm. And that was good. And I like it when, you know, you travel and you you have something. You That time I got money from that. And I was thinking if I can do something in English or maybe I can just share my knowledge, but I was so afraid. Oh, it was so scary. I can speak English. Yeah. But can you imagine to broadcast internationally? And if you screw up when you say something, oh, I was thinking about this for a long time. But after I finished, after I closed my photography school that time, I thought starting to write in English and I started a blog and I've done some experiments. And when I started doing the photography too, I was like, super bad in marketing but mm -hmm. i always love this stuff business marketing and little by little i learned how to do it and now i love this it's actually a lot of fun but you yeah. need to find how to your your sweet spot mm -hmm. you cannot sell for example well you can but it's difficult to sell something which you don't like mm. this is one of my insights there so i look for what i really love and I can talk with a passion about it and people feel it. And it's so much easier. I, I basically, I don't sell stuff. I just share stories, experience and how I can help you. And then I was thinking, because I like business and marketing, I was thinking, uh, I don't really like writing, mm -hmm. but I thought maybe I can start a podcast because I thought, should, should I do something with my website, which I started in English or I should just leave it? Mm -hmm. And I decide I want to continue that. I love these things. Yeah. But I need to do something with writing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was procrastinating on the podcast because I was worrying about the English and uh, like where you find guests. And I didn't know anything about that. But then I decided, I told to myself, you either do it or you quit. And I thought, maybe quit, maybe quit, maybe quit. I'm like, no, I've done so much work already. So I decided to start it. And also, like, my my audience, the people who I photograph, one of them, I, I shoot fashion style portraits. And another audience are professionals, executives, or models, actors, those individuals who also need to market themselves. Mm-hmm. And they grow either professionally or they want to grow as a business person there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help my audience. So I was looking for a long time for this sweet spot. So what I'm going to do with this? What I'm going to do with this? Because if I write sometimes about business and marketing, like who's my audience? I wasn't really like creative people. Yes. And should I write about social media? Should I do this? Networking? Like all of this small things till I decided, okay, this is my audience. These are basically people who I photograph and who I talk to. And also because I traveled a lot, I met so many talented people. And a lot of them struggling with selling their work, with marketing their work, and building a business. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a job, 
and you have something which you really love doing, you, your second part usually stays a hobby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're so talented. Why don't you sell your work? Ah, oh, who will need it? No, I'd rather keep it as a hobby. Because they're afraid, they don't feel comfortable. And I wanted to help those people. So I started marketing for creative podcasts to help some friends, to help people who I met, to help my future audience, my future clients. And I got really good feedback out this. I had people writing me like, oh, I got a new client or I got a better job. Oh, that was interesting. Oh, thank you for sharing this one. That one, this this episode was right on time. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastic when you do something and it's useful for people and people tell you so. Yeah. So since you, you spend a lot of time then interviewing people about marketing and, and you have uh, a lot of marketing your own career, what is some really bad advice that you hear too often in the marketing world? Hmm. Bad advice. Mm-hmm. I can tell mistakes that people make. Sure. Well, let's go with that. What are, but, what are mistakes that people make? <laughs> well, one of the things which people do wrong, they try to sell everything to everyone. This is just, you know, like... I will get more money if I over offer you all kind of photography. Mm-hmm. I tried that. Before I picked my niche, I tried all kinds of photography, which was interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Weddings, food photography, events, and even if I can shoot this, but I didn't really like shooting that. Mm-hmm. So, and... Every time when someone reach you, oh, how much is going to be for the wedding? How much is going to be for the event? And I was like, how should I price? What service should I give? Should I give them the number by the hour? What product I'm going to deliver to them? How? What? When? It's so difficult. And every time something new. And should I price them the same or not? And oh, that was a so big headache. Till I just speak. Two of these directions, mm-hmm. and now it's so easy. And sometimes people reach me out, oh, can you shoot the wedding? I'm like, sorry, this is not my thing. If you yeah. have a small wedding, and basically it turns out like a love story photo shoot, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. I'll do it. But the big one, please, no. That's that's not my that's not my work. That's not my market. <laughs> I, and I'm okay to let people go. Sure. One of the things, another thing that people are struggling with, when you try to build a business, cover your back with something, like with the money-wise. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in need of money, you will get to every gig you can get. And you will bargain and load on your prices and undervalue work. And it's never good. Mm-hmm. With uh, the work that you've done and people that you're chatting with, I'm, I'm sure the idea of uh, overcoming fear comes up often. How do you, in your own work, overcome fear? Hmm, that's interesting. I recently had a speech on the international conference about the fears which stop people from success. Mm-hmm. A lot of times... We afraid of doing new things, and I was a perfectionist. And perfectionism is one of the uh, one of the signs that you have a fear too. You have a fear of rejection. Now I'm just I just do things, but that time I I thought to myself, you either do or you quit, because have a fear for many years and have doubts. Oh, what if I will start photography? What if I will start this podcast? What if nobody will listen to this? What if um, it will be a lot of work? Hmm, maybe I should go travel. Oh, what if something there? 
Oh, I'm afraid. When, uh, what if I will miss my flight? Where I will live? How I will eat there? Whatever. You have so many things in your mind. Mm-hmm. Just go, try, and see. There is nothing better than taking an action. And when I traveled, my mom always told me and my dad that, remember, you always can come back. Hmm. And this is kind of backup plan. Yeah. And you know when someone is nearby you. They, they, my parents are always supporting me. And it's sometimes when you start new things and you're so afraid and you need to start doing. There was an interesting experiment um Chinese-American entrepreneur, Ziazeng, he lost his job, or he quit his job, and he founded a startup. He dreamed about this startup. And he quit his job a few days before his uh, kid was born. But the startup was rejected by the investors. Hmm. So he thought, oh, maybe I should go back to my regular job. Probably it was a bad idea to start everything. And then he calmed down and he thought about this again. And he find out that he has a fear of rejection. Someone rejected his project. To overcome this fear, he found again the, the rejection therapy. And he went to, he just, you know, he in purpose tried to find the way how people can reject him for 100 days. And he filled himself. He has his videos on YouTube. So he tried to invite women on the date. He tried to plant the flower in someone's yard. Can you imagine I come to you and like, oh, knock, knock, knock. Can I plant a flower in your yard? And you never <laughs> saw me before. And you're yeah. like, no. And he found several things how you can overcome this fear of rejection. One mm-hmm. is doing it over and over again. Or ask over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you either get it or, well, if you, if you hear so many no's, you'll get used to that. So it will, it will be normal for you. Right. But often people turn their no to yes just because they see your, how consistent you are, that you really want to do things. And another thing that you can ask people, why? If I come to you, you're, can I plant a flower in your yard? You'll say no. And I'll ask why. In his example, the guy said, because my dog digs out everything from the backyard. But <laughs> if you go to Connie across the street, she loves flowers. He just gave him direction where he can plant his, his flower. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the third one, he said that sometimes you can just uh, you th- you put yourself in another person's shoes and think about what he or she think and feel and you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And in his example, he came to the Starbucks manager and asked, "Can I welcome people who come to Starbucks?" And the manager was like, "Hmm, hmm, <laughs> hmm," you know, like thinking. And yeah. uh, Zazang asked, uh, isn't it weird? The manager said, yes, it's weird. And he let him do this. You mm-hmm. see? Yeah. You're afraid of everything, but when you take actions, it will turn out to the result somehow. Mm-hmm. You just need to do things. Because you may stay with your fears for years, but in several years, you will regret that you spent so much time doing nothing. Right. Yeah, it's, that's great. So it's, you know, it's a, a very, also a very interesting story just about how um, maybe what he was re- what really afraid of is like the worst case scenario when in real life, you know, like he said with the flowers, like worst case scenario, someone's going to say not in my yard because of my dog, but go across the street. And, you know, different doors were opened up that way. So that's that's fascinating. Exactly. In, in your So also in your work, when you chat with other other creatives or advise other creatives or even in your own business, when you're starting off and, and p- 
people reach out to you for advice, how how do you instruct them on how they should build credibility when they're just starting out and they don't have a name for themselves? When you just start out and you try to build your name, your credibility, mm -hmm. what people are looking for, your portfolio, what clients you work with, and how else you can prove that your work is good. Mm -hmm. This is like a very basic things which you can do. Because credibility can be anything, can be publications in the media, can be social media, like a lot of followers, can be anything. Mm -hmm. But your base, because you start your business, your clients, this is your foundation. So think about how you can, like first, who is that uh, ideal client who you want to work with? As in my example, I tried everything, weddings, food, events, portraits, and I stopped on portraits. Those are my clients. And when you know your clients, it's easier for them. It's easier for you to market yourself later. So when you decide what client you want to work with, who is that person, what they do, like think about the small things, or maybe you want to work with brands. And try to come up with a project which you can do with those people. Look for those people. And it's better if you look for uh, for the influencers. There, they can be micro-influencers, for example. These are normal, everyday people, but a lot of people know them. Mm -hmm. So if some of them is going to be your, uh, maybe not a client if you start completely from zero, but you will do the work for them and you can put it in your kind of client's portfolio, they may help you to spread the world hmm. about what you do. Mm -hmm. So think about, or you can think about the industry experts or industry leaders. Again, who are those influencers? Who are those people who already have the audience? This is one of the key, how you can market yourself and put your put your name your out faster so you need to find people with the communities and organize that into the project mm -hmm. if i would start for example the photography just completely from zero uh the portrait photography mm -hmm. i come to boston and i'm new there and i don't have portfolio at that moment i would look for these people and I would say, hmm, for example, for professionals, I work on the project. I want to photograph 10 different best experts in this town. Because if I come to you as just, you know, like, oh, can I photograph you because I need a portfolio? Mm -hmm. They will be like, really? Huh. And especially like the influential people, they will look at you like you came to me and for portfolio, like you're going to use my name for portfolio and maybe your forest is going to be not so good. Right. But when you work on the project, you bring a meaning there. Hmm. I work on the project. I come to you, Yuri. You know, I photograph 10 best experts in the industry mm -hmm. in that town. And I want you as the amazing podcast host to be a part of this. Hmm. I will do a professional photo shoot for you. And we do the the pictures you can put on your website, you can use in your marketing. That will benefit you. Mm -hmm. I would appreciate if you give me a little testimonial after that. If no, I'm completely fine. It will be just honor for me to photograph you because I really admire your work. I love your podcast and I want you to be a part of this project. This is completely a different way to approach people. Yeah. I yeah, want to bring value smart. to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you will more likely you will say yes. And even if I go to photograph you for free, which more likely because when you come to the influencer and when you start, you, more likely you'll do the project for free, right? And you come right. to those 10 people. Some of them will tell you no. But remember the story which I just shared with you about the rejection. Try again and again mm -hmm. and again. Once you find those 10 people, 10 people is more than enough for your portfolio. 
and you have 10 people, 10 your ideal clients with their audience who probably will share or just still will mention, first, I've done a cool photo shoot. If your work is good, mm-hmm. then, of course, they will show this. Second, I was a part of the project. Oh, what project are you talking about? I was one of the 10 people, best 10 people in this city. And we got the, like she or he got this project. And if you can get the testimonials from these people, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. So the testimonials are one of the like best sales copies. I often, for example, when people reach me out, I often send them uh, the portraits which suit their needs. If you are executive and uh, ask me about the photo shoot, I will send you similar photos of like really uh, managers or SEOs or other executives. And I will look for the testimonials, which I also can show you or maybe share the sto- tell the story. And there's a small pieces which, which will help you to sell more later. And even if they will not talk about you, I will I may come to someone in the hometown and because people know you in his podcast, they will, when I will show your pictures and tell your story, they will be like, oh, I know him. You photograph him or really you work with him or you work with her. So this way you build the credibility. Yeah. Now, this is advanced tip. Mm -hmm. The next step. You photograph it or whatever you photograph or you've done the service for these 10 people. You finish the project. This is this. That's why I told you put it in the project and have a meaning there. Now you can reach local media or podcasts or like online publications or print publications mm-hmm. and ask them, you know, I just finished the project. I photographed. 10 people and you can ask those 10 people uh, what's your best piece of advice for everyone who wants to start business in your industry yeah so you got all the answers would you be interested in featuring it in your magazine would you be interested in me sharing the story how I've done it what they say on your podcast mm-hmm. boom you got amazing content to market yourself and it's not about you. It's all about those people, the project. Because media people, they hate when you approach them from, ah, I'm so cool perspective. <laughs> you know, you're, I'm so cool photographer. You have to interview me. Mm-hmm. You still didn't interview me? Really? I'm so, so cool. My work is so fancy. You just have to interview me. No. More likely you will not do this. <laughs> but if someone would want to share the project and story, it's much more interesting. It's much more easy to get the publication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, great. So you've had a, a very interesting career so far and a, and a fantastic journey. If uh, everything that you've done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. I like one of my favorite Chinese proverbs, which I follow all the time. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And this is the hardest part. I always keep it in mind. You need to do something today, even the small thing, but keep doing it every day. When people start something, they tend to do a lot of things at one time and then expect the result in one month and then they burn out because they don't get the results which they expect to. No money, no fame, no whatever you want, no big clients. No. Entrepreneurship is the long-term journey. But it's so fun and interesting. Keep in mind, every day, doing something little. Mm -hmm. I like another phrase which um, Gary Vaynerchuk shared. He said that 
you are one piece of content out of success. One little piece which you put out over there. You share with the world the small things you do. Mm-hmm. Keeps you out of success because you never know who will say that, who will hear your podcast, your story, whatever. And this person can be a key person in your life. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing this. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Marina. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. If the listeners would like to see more of your work um, and talk to you online and get a hold of you, what is the best place they can go to do that? Thank you so much, Yuri, for having me on the show. It was so much pleasure to serve your audience today. And actually, if folks are interested more about how they can grow their personal brand, grow their credibility and grow their influence, I put all my experience into the system and they can go to marinabaraeva.com forward slash influencer. There's a quick test which they can take and you will know what type of influencer you are right now as an entrepreneur and what should you do next. You will get the recommendations according to your results. So this is marinabaraeva.com forward slash influencer. And you also can find a lot of um, episodes, Marketing for Creatives, on the website, too. And I'm all over social media as Marina Baraeva. Feel free to reach me out anywhere. I love Instagram. Well, perfect, perfect. And I will – so thank you so much for that uh, that free quiz. I will make sure that all of those are in the show notes so people can click right through. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Yuri. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.